It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Eric Lee. Well, welcome to a special Saturday edition of Daily Thunder. This is uh, during the off-season at Ellerslie, so even though it's going to seem because our podcast is releasing these uh, every day that we are live and in studio, technically we're on break. Uh, and you're getting this because we pre-recorded it. All of our practicum students got together, and in one day we had 12 Daily Thunder sessions. It was a fun day. Uh, and so this is part of that day. So, But you're hearing it on a Saturday, uh, and uh, as we approach Christmas, I love this time of year, and there's just something magical about it. And, you know, it's interesting because my dad was, he had a sister. So it was just two kids in his family. And he always loved Christmas. My, my aunt always sort of dreaded Christmas. And I still think there's still the same tension. My, my grandma, who I never met, died. I think it was on the, the 21st. So on this, this day uh, years ago. So it was right before Christmas. And so many people, it's interesting. If you were to just take a handful of people some people, this is their favorite time of year, and for some, they dread this time of year. And for each of us just to be sensitive to that, to recognize that if you have extra strength this time of year, give it. Spend it. Don't just hoard it, because there are so many people that are lonely, and it's like amplified this time of year. It's like, what's the big deal? It's like, they're lonely the rest of the year, but something about this time of the year amplifies and accentuates loneliness. And so just to remember that, that suffering feels like greater suffering in this time of year. Loneliness is like greater loneliness. Just like many of us know that family is like greater family experiences this time of year. Everything just sort of gets highlighted and hyperbolized. And so just let's be sensitive to that. Uh, This particular message is called He is Coming to Town. And I hope those of you that have been listening to the podcast have been enjoying our 12 Days of Christmas series because, uh, you know, that's what it's for. It's, It's to be enjoyed, but also to edify you, to just keep our focus on Jesus throughout this time. But, you know, of course, that sounds like Santa Claus is coming to town, right? So I'm playing upon that because it's interesting because Jesus really did come to town. And this is what they should have been singing all the time uh, in Israel is, hey, uh, Jesus is going to come to town. Let's all be ready. And, you know, you don't want to be the, the, the cranky kid because you might get coal in your stocking. I mean, technically, this is, it actually matches really well. You really want to be ready to have your cookies and milk out for when Jesus comes, and most, most of us have never thought about Christianity that way, but in actuality, it's a parallel. Now, I'm not a big Santa supporter, okay, just, just so you know that. I'm not at all trying to promote the idea that we should set cookies and milk out for a character named Santa Claus. However, I am going to say that in our soul disposition, we should always be ready and waiting for our God to do what God does. And back in ancient Israel, technically, they were supposed to be waiting with expectancy for the arrival of a king. And so here's another Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And so let's just read a couple scriptures just to get us warmed up for this. But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. It's Micah 5.2. It's a clear messianic prophecy, which is why the teachers of the law knew that the ruler in Israel, the coming Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. 
And this one that is going to be born in Bethlehem, his goings forth are from of old. That's a strange statement. Most people, you know, when I was born, they didn't say, oh, Eric is from back before Abraham. Oh, oh yeah, Eric was the creator of the heavens and the earth. You see, I'm not the Messiah. The Messiah, his goings forth are from of old and from everlasting. The one who is coming to this earth is God Almighty. Oh, it's extraordinary. In Matthew 2, 1 through 2 and verse 5, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. They knew Micah. They understood that. So this is interesting. I'm going to teach you two different Greek words. One is dekomai, and it means to take with the hand or to take hold of, to grant access to a visitor, to not refuse friendship, to not reject. So it's sort of like the door knocks, and I'm going to give you, obviously, a parallel here as we get closer. Someone knocks on the door, and you are ready to be hospitable to it. So you dekomai. You take by the hand. Please, come on in. Okay, now it's interesting because you see this story of how the Jews are going to respond to the Messiah. They've been given all the promises. They know where he's going to show up. And yet when he comes and knocks on the door, literally on the door of the inn, they do not receive him. Okay, then you're going to see that played out in the global uh, picture of all of the nation as well. And the nation of Judah is going to reject their Messiah. And, you know, as sad as that is, I want to look at the flip side of recognizing what, what can we do different. You see, dekomai is a very, very important aspect of our soul readiness for when God moves in our soul, when he convicts us, when he knocks, that we're ready to open. It's very, very significant. So Mark 10 is going to use this word, Mark 10, verse 14. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not decomai, which is translated as receive, the kingdom of God is a little child, he shall not enter therein. So therefore we recognize that to enter into the kingdom of heaven, there is a need for this decomai, this, this action of soul to be hospitable, to receive that which God is desiring to do. So Matthew 10, 40, he that receives me, or decomize me, decomize him that sent me. And so how we respond to Jesus is actually how we're responding to the invisible God. So you want to honor God, and this is, of course, an incredible statement to the nation that has been given all the promises of the Messiah. If you don't receive me, you're actually rejecting God. And so that you can go through all your religious practices, and you can keep your law, and you can have all your Sanhedrin gatherings and your synagogue gatherings. However, if you do not receive Jesus then you're rejecting God. But if you receive Jesus, you are receiving. You're setting out your hand and saying, come in, God. I receive you into my life. So you're going to notice, I just taught you dekomai, but now I'm going to add something to it. And I'm not the one adding it. This is, just, this is a Greek word in the New Testament. It's prosdekomai. This is what it means. It means to anticipate the long-awaited arrival of a friend. To stand at the window and watch for the promised coming. So think about the father and the prodigal son story. Okay, what he is doing is he's prosdecomying. He is actually anticipating. He's ready to receive, right? He's ready to decomai. So he has a waiting process where he longs. He's fogging up windows, looking out, desiring the arrival. 
Okay, now I'm setting you up to recognize how the nation is supposed to be waiting for the Messiah. They're supposed to be prosdecomying. That's what they're supposed to be doing. So that when he comes, they would decomai. I mean, isn't that the whole purpose? Why are they given all the promises? Why are they told he will come to Bethlehem? If you happen to be in Bethlehem, aren't you like living on pins and needles? It's like, this is where he's going to be born. And so couldn't you imagine, you know, if you're a really uh, good Jew, you'd probably build an inn. You're like, I could just imagine, you know, if he's going to come, I want to have room ready for the Messiah when he's ready to be born. If he's going to be born of a virgin girl, he's, he's the seed of the woman in the town of Bethlehem, then I want to make sure that if that woman is in my town, that she has a room. Okay, can't you just imagine someone builds an inn, and the whole purpose of that inn is to be ready, is to anticipate. So, to be expectant of the arrival, this is prosdecomai, to open up your house to a promised coming of a guest, to prepare a house for the soon arrival of a royal guest. So if you knew that the president of the United States was coming over for dinner tonight, I bet you would not be sitting uh, casually in this room right now. What would you be thinking? <gasps> I have to get things ready right? That's what you would be doing. You would be actively engaged. It's like, sorry, Eric, no offense, but I'm out of here. <laughs> because something so important is taking place that you want to ready every aspect of your life for that arrival. And you look at things with an extra sensitivity. You look around, you smell the air, you, all the things that you oftentimes just take for granted, you start looking around, you sweep extra deep, you maybe even scrub little spots that are not even visible, like you open up your cabinets and clean in there. You're going to an extra measure. Why? Because a royal guest is coming to town. Translation. So if I was going to give a translation of prosdecomai, here's what it is. To build an inn in Bethlehem. Isn't it interesting? Even the word inn. Everything about this is so profound. And you even wonder, it's like, how much does the English language accidentally do what it does? But an inn it's a place that you enter into. Jesus wants to come in. Isn't that just fascinating? To build an inn in Bethlehem, expectantly watching day and night for a pregnant girl, expectant with the promised king of kings. He's coming, and I, for one, am going to prosdecomai so that when he arrives, I will decomai him. Okay, so I'm going to be fogging up windows looking for every pregnant girl that comes down the street. Hey, you, do you need a room? Because I am ready to receive this coming Messiah. I'm ready to take him in. Now what's amazing is we know that what actually happens is the exact opposite of this. We see this inn that has no room in it. Now, if you're the innkeeper and you have packed out your, your place, which was maybe even designed for the Messiah in the first place. It's like, okay, we're, it's probably even called Messiah come in. Okay, and so it's like everything about it because the whole, na the whole nation is anticipating this and you're in Bethlehem and yet say you have everyone, you have it packed full. Okay, now you should always have a chair for Elijah, you know, at, at the Seder meal. And this is the same thing you should all, even, could you imagine they have like 10 inns in Bethlehem and they're all like, come here, no, come here, no, come here. We're the best inn in Bethlehem. And so Messiah, if you happen to come to town, just know we have the red carpet ready for you, ready to roll out. Instead, the young couple comes and knocks and they have no room. Now, if you're that innkeeper, I'm gonna ask you, what are you going to do? Now, first of all, you recognize you should have kept some rooms open, right? 
But here's what I'm still thinking we should do. We're going to kick people out. We're going to do whatever it takes because there's no way. The Messiah is going to come to our door and then we're going to shoo him away because commercially it's not going to be good for business if we were to kick someone. Imagine if word got around that, yeah, I actually paid for a room and then I got booted out onto the street. It's like, I don't care what you need to do, but we're going to need to do something. Luke 2, I want to tell you about someone who was prosdecomine for the Messiah and who when he came, decomide. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. What was he doing? Waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's prosdecomine. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God. So now we see the decomai. He prosdecomide and was waiting for the consolation of the Lord. He was anticipating it. When the Spirit of God said, go, he was ready. It's like he saw it, if you want to say it that way. And then what does he do? He receives the Messiah into his arms. It's an incredible picture. And blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou, thy servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Emptying the inn. It's the reasonable thing to do. What is the whole point of your inn? To make money? No, to house the Messiah. So what should you do? Empty it, guys. It's the reasonable thing to do because Jesus wants to come in. It's just, that's, that's the gospel right there. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. What a statement, not just about this inn and this town, Bethlehem, but the entire nation. However, God has awakened us as Gentiles to recognize that we don't need to follow the same pattern, that we can be stirred by this. God has given us grace to be able to receive this Messiah, though we were the unclean ones. We are the ones outside the commonwealth of Israel, but Jesus has come for us. And it's amazing, but we are an in. It's a strange way to describe us is that we are an I-N-N, in. We are a, a living, a dwelling place that God says, I have chosen that in, known as you, and I would like to come in. And you shall say unto the goodman of the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? So it's just an interesting statement because there's supposed to be a guest chamber where Jesus, Jesus is asking, you tell him this, ask the goodman of the house, where is the guest chamber? So do you have a guest chamber in your life? This is for any of us, all those in this room, but anyone listening, this is the essence of what the coming of Christ is all about. First of all, we didn't live back in ancient Judea. We weren't in Bethlehem. We didn't have the opportunity to do it different with the inn, and we didn't get to be the Simeon in the story or the Anna. That's another great story. 
However, what we see is there's always two. There are those that are not ready, and there's those that are ready. There's those that are watching at the window, and there's those that have a full in. There are those that have the guest room prepared, and there's those that have never even considered it. And for all of us, just freshly to, in our life, prepare the guest room. Say, Jesus, I want you to make my inn your home. I want you to be born afresh here. Receiving the king. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he with me. What an amazing statement. I mean, that's in talk. That's the arrival in Bethlehem sort of talk. And this is what the coming of Christ is all about. For us, we have an opportunity to be an innkeeper that does it right. And even if we've done it wrong up to this point and we've pushed away the Messiah, that it's amazing the redemptive quality of the gospel. The Spirit of God still pursues us and says, but I would like to come in today. And so let's open up our lives afresh and let him in. Father, Thank you that you desire to come in and eat with us. Thank you that you desire to share your life with us and to call us your home. Lord, we love you. And may this holiday season just be full of your presence. And may we remember to be extra sensitive to those around us, to give them life. And especially give us a passion to seek out the weaker ones, those that are struggling in this season, that we may lighten their load. Lord, we trust you. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Our live Daily Thunder online stream and our live in-studio Daily Thunder experience will be starting back on Monday, January 13th, when our team returns from their much-deserved holiday break. Meanwhile, we encourage you to plan a visit to our beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.